0: All right, here we go. 56
1: yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my god!
0: Davis is gonna run it all the way back. Aubrey's gonna win the football game. Aubrey's gonna win the football game. He ran the midfield go no back. He ran it back 109 yards. Him off the field Deep strike,
2: got the big man. full and touchdown. Red Raiders! with a second to go. Both with a short
3: drop. Now he pulls it out further to the left, and he's going to strike downfield.
2: Oh my, what a catch by Fitzgerald. Oh, mercy. He's done it again. The man is remarkable. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free! It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores on the last
0: play of the game! Unbelievable! You're listening to the Noonon Saturday podcast. College football, as it was meant to be. And Another chaotic week of college football down and in the books and gentlemen what a week it was welcome back to the noon on saturday podcast here then stevie and manjo back at it again and
2: guys i mean chaotic really was the word of the week wasn't it yeah i mean clemson going down which could have surprised some
3: may not have as much as others. Um, was big. Arkansas, um, obviously, having a massive um, game against the Aggies was
2: a surprise to a lot. Um, okay. Yet another fun slate that we had this week.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, I think last week was a good uh, precursor to this week, which might be one of the best slates all season. You know, with you know, conference play really starting to kick into gear, there are uh, a ton of fun games this weekend. Yeah, but, yeah, last weekend was great. Clemson, uh, their offense looks like it is still a long ways from uh be- being anything close to the level they were at with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, Georgia Tech, plus 10. Great pick by me, just saying. Nice. Uh, also, NC
2: State, NC State plus 10.
1: Yeah, sorry, NC State. I, I'm Looking getting
0: at, I mean, Georgia Tech, would have been pretty bad.
1: Georgia Tech Pitt is in my head for this weekend, upcoming big game for the Panthers. So, my fault we'll there. That.
0: We'll get to that a little bit later on. We're not jumping the gun quite yet. I mean, for Clemson, after struggling with Georgia Tech the week before. Uh, obviously, they came out, and rolled over in overtime, two overtimes, I believe it was, to, as we just said, the NC State Wolfpack. Dave Doran really finally put in that signature win in his tenure down there in Raleigh. How surprised were you that, you know, kind of after really stuttering out of the gate this season, Clemson finally did lose, I believe, their first game to a non- top 25 opponent since 42, uh, or 43, 42, whatever it was to pick down in Death Valley back in 2017.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's too surprising considering if you, I mean, if you look at that line only being 10 points last week, it's kind of a telltale sign of what we are looking at this season with Clemson. Um, and and you can just look forward to to this week and you know they're playing a, a a decent um opponent but they're still only uh who who's Clemson playing? Sorry, I had it in front of me and I Boston lost. Boston College. Yeah, sorry. They're playing Boston College and you know they're they're not that big of a favorite against the Boston College team that's missing their starting quarterback and really doesn't have much of a pass game. The the backup is athletic, he can run but they're almost a completely run-heavy offense at this point without Dracovic. It's back to the Boston College of the last few years, really. And, um, you know, <laughs> Clemson's only a two-touchdown favorite in that game. Uh, I, I, and that, I mean, that's not – I don't want to jump right into picks, but I, I like Boston College against a Clemson offense that, you know, has looked anemic dating back to week one. So I don't yeah. think that loss was too much of a surprise to answer your question.
2: No, yeah, that I don't. I if if you paid
3: attention to Clemson, especially after that Week One game, um, they haven't passed the ball downfield with DG, DJ Uyagale. Um, mainly short screen passes or slants up the field. Everything within, I'd say, a 15-yard range. Very rarely would they throw the ball down the field. They don't have a run game. Um. As we've mentioned in the past, yeah, I, they don't have the offense that we're used to seeing from Clemson. Um, and to make matters worse, you have Brian Brissy, their a, a freak of a defensive lineman. He's true sophomore. He's out for the season with uh, a torn ACL, unfortunately. And uh, I don't know how um, permanent this was, but I did see uh, James Skalski was also on the, the sidelines uh, on Saturday. I think he he definitely started the game, but but um, ended up in street clothes. So the, the things are falling apart for for Dabo and, and the Tigers here, and I think they need to fr- come to some solutions quick. And it, to to your point, how how do you not feel confident in in Boston College after they they went into or they they went to overtime with 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 uh, Missouri?
2: That's after Jakovic goes, and they're still finding a productive offense. You know, you have to feel confident that Boston College can put up enough points to make it a close game. This is kind of not
1: going off of what you just said there, Steve, but just something interesting. Clemson, uh, heading into last week's game against NC State, were minus 400 to win the ACC. And this week, heading into Boston College, They are currently minus three fifty to win the conference. That's bananas. So it barely dropped after that loss. The the the, you know they're still the overwhelming favorite. Now, still that being said, minus three fifty. That's two to seven odds. That is a lot. Um, you know, lower than it has been in the past.
2: You know, right. North Carolina
1: is second right now at five to
3: one. So
2: the conference think, is really
1: wide open.
3: I think what Vegas is having trouble uh doing is is handicapping uh the ACC as a whole because what do, do you want to make uh Wake Forest
2: your favorite to win or North Carolina who just lo- lost to Georgia Tech? Like this conference, you know, may
3: have uh, uh eliminated their chance at the playoff, but it's the most wide open that's been in in years. Um, I, anybody could come out of the coastal with maybe the exception of, of Duke. Um, and I I still have my reservations about Georgia tech, but I like,
1: I I think, I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think part of Clemson's odds still being so low or I'm sorry, so high, um, so to win the conference is that NC state has a tough road the rest of the season. Like, sure. NC State still has to play UNC, they still have to play Boston College, they still have to play Miami, they still have to play Florida State on the road, and Wake Forest on the road. Right. So, right. there are lots of
3: room for NC State to lose two games. I think the the kicker of it is, is, it's not like NC State has looked impressive themselves either. They They got, their offense got manhandled against Mississippi State, who has yet to show anything out of the SEC. It's not like uh, no NT State has really come off as as an impressive program with a lot of improvements. I just I think what we're seeing is Clemson team that
2: is as bad as we've seen um in, in years under Davo. So you know it, it like
3: the Atlantic for the first time in a long time is is a toss up. So
1: so if if Clemson Enjoying was you. if Clemson was the number one loser of
2: the weekend was number two Texas A and m I don't know
1: with that with that egregious, you know
2: loss to Ar-
1: Arkansas may be a, a solid top 20 team, but still, to get dominated like that against Arkansas you know that's not a great sign for a team who is number five coming into the season or number six right that's a major disappointment
2: for jimbo fisher in what's he in his fourth year at this point so
1: i i would say i mean outside of an obvious one in minnesota you know losing to a mac team i i can't think of a bigger loser than than texas a&m from last weekend's slate of games
0: we respect the Mac on this podcast.
1: Sure, right? Hey, three three Power Five teams have already lost to the Mac. You know, in, in three short weeks, so any one of those teams could be very good. You know,
3: right? I I think uh, to to add to your point, um, it it's very it's a, it was it's a very similar situation to Clemson, um, in that maybe not so much the defense, but the offense is certainly very, very limited and not going to put up the points that they need to win a football game. Um, so I think AM yeah. is in a similar situation, not to discredit Arkansas. A&M's defense is really good to to limit. I mean, if you limit a team to 20 points, you should win the game, but they, they are unable to move the ball down the field. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I you'd, you'd have to put them as the second uh, loot the biggest loser of the week, but I think I, their, I think their troubles are is... going to, to last more more than just a good Arkansas team. I think they're going to have trouble uh,
2: with a, a good portion of the SEC West. The, the thing when it comes to A&M is Jimbo Fisher is at least
0: going to have a little bit more of an excuse because he's still playing with his backup quarterback, right?
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. did Really their quarterback fractured his leg against Colorado.
0: Yeah. It was a really inexperienced quarterback room coming into the year after losing Kellen Mond to the NFL. And now it's even more so because the young guy, you kinda of wanted to hand the keys over, like you said, out for probably a significant amount of time. I don't know exactly how long he's gonna be out with that. But yeah, I mean obviously not the um not the season Jimbo was looking to have after What were they, five at the end of the year last year? Kind of right on the outside of the playoff, looking in, looking to build off that. Obviously tough, like we talked about, losing your quarterback and all. But, um, you know, when you talk about biggest losers of the week, I would probably look more towards, um, you know, if you want to look in the ACC, some of the the middle-of-the-pack teams that we've kind of touched on in terms of, of Virginia or North Carolina. Uh, both of Wisconsin. those teams losing respectively, and that's what I was going to go next is either you know an Iowa State losing the Baylor, or Wisconsin just getting embarrassed in the fourth quarter by Notre Dame's backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, that's a great point by you, Ben. Uh, I would definitely slide Wisconsin above Texas A and M, just based off the fact that you know Paul Chris thought Graham Mertz was his guy. He still had his guy and it, it just, it just hasn't been pretty. Um, gr- great. I think that's a great, more so a great win for Baylor and Dave Aranda. than I'm really going to look down upon Iowa state for, you know, you're going on the road in conference. Baylor was up for that game. That that's a tough, that's a tough place to play. Uh, you know, Iowa state, it hasn't been good for them considering their expectations as well, but I'm willing to cut them a little more slack just being on the road in a game that was only, I think that was a five point spread in that game. Uh, seven. They were, I would say it was minus seven. Correct. Jeez, you had to be a real idiot to take them, right, Steve?
2: All right, so we're bashing here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had the under
1: in that game. It was never even close. I'm just kidding, but I decided yeah. to take that opportunity.
2: Yeah. And, uh, uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was uh, if, if you look I think what you're underestimating is is how hyped I mean they for a lot of people and and not only just fans uh of the Iowa State program but analysts were were projecting that Iowa State tied their upset they they, they had the, they were in playoff projections they 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 were they,
2: they were a top 10 team 3 weeks right, ago
3: right right they were yeah going into Iowa Iowa State they were a top 10 team and their, their season quickly fell apart they did not make it past september without um, um you know losing twice and and their their expectations of, of winning the big 12 while they're not technically gone they're it but it's a safe bet that the, their their postseason hopes are over um and and they really really kind of have have fallen by the wayside in the big twelve here which uh oklahoma doesn't look great it's it's not looking it's it's an interesting looking conference at this point, but also to your point wisconsin
2: um, Graham redx, what are you doing this you know he had well put spe- speaking of expectations <laughs> he
3: had a lot of of the weight of the offense put on him in the offseason and after his explosive um, entrance last year he hasn't performed the offense does not look like it's going to put up points um and they're in a situation where they need him to just hold on to the ball if he makes
2: the correct plays and protects the ball then wisconsin is in that game in the fourth quarter I, I think also a big difference for
1: Wisconsin this year is that they don't have, you know, they don't have the Jonathan Taylor. They don't have the Cephas on the outside. They're they're really lacking that the weapons that they've had the last five years uh, under Chris where they've been a top 10 team.
3: Sure. No, you're absolutely right. And it's just another in- instance where I think there was too much weight put on the quarterback as we, we could see in, in Iowa
2: State um, as well that uh, the the expectations are just not going to be met. Remarkably, I do have two
0: things on that Iowa State-Baylor game. I feel like we kind of uh, touched on last week just the fact that Baylor was maybe flying a little bit under the radar, 4-0 now, 2-0 in the Big 12. Dave Aranda off to a hot start maybe in, in year two. Uh, and also, Steve, I know we kind of talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Do you think some of the tarnish on Matt Campbell as a head coach is starting to stick now? After you know NFL rumors the last couple of years, and always kind of seemingly in position to take a bigger job if he wanted to, stuck it out in, at Iowa State, and now kind of, as we said, is is struggling to uh, to keep up with some of the expectations
2: he's built for himself there. Yeah, it it certainly,
3: you know, I've always held Matt Campbell in high regard and in
2: the way I view things it's hard for um it's not easy to watch in my opinion but um it
3: it, he brought a, a program to Iowa State which traditionally had not really existed um so I'm still gonna wait on calling him uh overrated because he still has had some success in the past and and built a solid program he's getting recruits to to uh Ames, iowa uh the caliber that they haven't really seen before so i'm gonna wait but certainly it is a huge blemish on his resume to start uh thus far just to counter you real quick steve
1: just because i was looking that up exactly as you said it iowa state had the 46th ranked recruiting class in 2019 46th ranked again in 2020 and they're currently 59th this year. That's 24-7 rankings. Okay. So, yes, Iowa State traditionally probably has been more like in the 50s or 60s for their recruiting
2: classes because it's hard to get players down to Iowa State. They still – it's not like they're killing it. I don't – I'd like to see prior recruiting rankings before – anyways, that's hearsay. 2018, sure. they were 55th. Okay. Anyhow,
3: he still found success at Iowa State, more sustained than coaches
2: prior. Um. So that that still is is something to be um, considered. But no, like no. I, said, I mean, I was gonna I
1: was gonna agree with you. I, I I was gonna agree with you about Campbell. Like, I still I'm still a fan of Campbell.
2: That, that was just you know I didn't I didn't think they would be that low myself. Right. I would say and, and also just fair, looking at to, the. To Sorry, go ahead. Campbell, He is the,
0: um, in terms of win percentage, he is the seventh all time best coach at Iowa State through his five seasons 35 wins, 28 losses. Good for a win percentage of 556. All six of the guys ahead of him. Um, were from nineteen twenty or before, including Pop Warner for four and one third season between nineteen eighteen ninety five and 1899, 18 and eight record, six ninety two win percentage.
1: You you have to think that he he definitely is one of those guys that probably could have gotten a better job like two years ago than he'll be able to get this offseason.
2: You know? I don't think many NFL teams are gonna be knocking on the door this year. Sure. I think, and this is just my opinion. I I don't know if he's an NFL guy quite yet. I still think he could make a killing at at a better program.
3: I think give him more money um, and a little bit better of a recruiting situation, he could still build something. But maybe maybe those opportunities also dwindle this offseason. It doesn't get a lot easier for Iowa State either. Like the Big 12
1: middle of the pack is sneaky kind of good this year. Like it's pretty deep conference. You know, they got to go to te- or they got to go to Oklahoma. They got to go uh to Texas Tech. Still got to play West Virginia. Still got to play Texas. Like not not going
2: to be easy for them to win 8 games this year. Now, speaking Dude. of Oklahoma. <laughs> What happened there? Yeah, I was
1: dead wrong on that one. I thought Oklahoma was going to win easily, and West Virginia kept it close.
3: This is, this is another instance of... of West Virginia...
0: Of... Fun fact, West Virginia never trailed in that game until the clock hit zero.
1: All the chatter... I didn't see much of that game, but all the chatter that I saw was that rattler... Like, there was obviously a lot of people saying this before last week but Rattler is not, you know, the top five bona fide stud
3: Heisman contender that everyone kind of figured that he would be. There's that, and I feel like people tend to underestimate how consistent um, Oklahoma's had a a solid offensive line and and solid running game as well that was able to complement the pass. Um, And they don't have that as much as they have had in the past. And also Spencer Rattler has not performed anywhere near the expectations that um, were, were set upon him. So this is another scenario where I think the expectations placed in the preseason were, were not warranted by a ton of of research. I mean these these are extraordinary circumstances for teams who are perennial uh favorites in each conference to now be, you know, it's not like West Virginia is they do have a good defensive front, um, and their defense is solid this year. But 16 points against West Virginia is an anomaly
2: uh, compared to the past. So it, a Big 12 is still, you know, is it Texas' conference now?
1: That's uh, – that. thank you for that great segue because that's uh, my first pick of the week there is Texas minus five against TCU. I was going to say –
2: does I don't that, know, TCU's got a bone to pick after last week. In is that, that why not want. stink?
1: Texas found their quarterback with this Casey Thompson dude. I mean, they they crushed Texas
0: like, Tech.
2: Why aren't but they favored not, by more? Let's be
0: honest here. Texas Texas Tech does not have a very good defense, but they scored as many as Pitt did against New
2: Hampshire. Why is Texas not favored by more? I mean, TCU still has good defense. Like TCU has played a, How many
3: a tough points? schedule pretty well this year. How many points did SMU put up on TCU? Yeah, but SMU is, is a good team, and like, it, I,
0: is, I, is Casey Thompson in Texas not going to be a better offense
2: than Tanner Mordecai?
0: Also, did see, Oklahoma I'm, make I'm their not disagreeing with
2: the, in I'm letting disagree- Tanner Mordecai go. Question mark. Right, throw that one in there. I I'm not disagreeing with the pick. I just don't
3: understand the line.
1: I can understand you saying that that's a stinky line. But I mean, TCU still has a win over Cal. Like Texas looked horrible against Arkansas. I don't I don't think that would if that line was minus 10, I don't think you would get a whole lot of action on Texas. You know, you got to sure. get action on both sides of the line. Sure. So I, I
2: I just think, yeah, I agree with you, it stinks, but I think Texas wins by two touchdowns i mean i like I like the pick more than I like the line, you know The big twelve is
1: tough though I went owen twelve in the big twelve last week and or and two in the big twelve last <laughs> week
2: yep yeah, me too and i yeah, uh, I, I was you off can on the the expand a little game. bit after the show, yeah. I uh, I I I think Texas, I think Texas really
1: uh, like you said, Steve. I think Texas is the best team in the Big Twelve, and I think they really come out and show it on you know on the road. TCU is a very difficult environment to play, so I mean that's why it's minus five. You know,
2: sure.
0: Not not to keep bringing it up, but you know, tell that to SMU.
2: Okay, I'm I'm just saying I had
0: SMU plus nine outright so i'm going to be you know mentioning that a, 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 few times,
1: a few times and i think similarly to where there i'm sure there was a lot of smu fans at that game there's
2: going to be a you know a shitload of texas fans at that game market but that's one of many picks
1: that i have for this week kind of yeah. throwing yeah. some stuff at the wall i'm stuck in mediocrity kind of like pit football right now i'm one <laughs> game under 5 fo- i'm one game under 500 for the season and i'm i'm trying i'm 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 going to go a little bit crazy trying to uh you know have a, let's have a big week how about that yeah do we want to f-
0: do we want to do a quick recap
2: of uh of picks from last week
1: yeah i mean i i are you do you want to go through them or i have mine right here <laughs>
2: like i said
0: i don't have the, i don't have the, my normal list in front of me
1: okay so. yeah last week i was 2 and 3 on the podcast i had nc state plus 10 And Nebraska plus five, which were winners. And then I had the two big 12 unders, which were losers. Baylor, Iowa State under, Kansas State, Oklahoma State under. Both were losers. Neither was particularly close. Just two really bad picks. And then also, if you're following me on Twitter, at Manjarevic A, I added a fifth pick in Missouri money line against Boston College, which was a loser. And you know that game went to overtime. It could have went either way, but Missouri just made too many mistakes to uh, get out of the get out of uh, Boston College with a win.
2: My
3: the, the recap that I had of last week: I had Notre Dame plus six, six and a half,
2: Iowa State, Iowa State minus seven, Kentucky minus five, Kansas State plus five.
3: That was a loser, and I had the under in that game.
2: So
3: two and three as well. Shit, I forgot I added
1: South Carolina to my card on the podcast. So I was two and four. God damn it.
0: Winning week for the boy last week Arkansas plus five outright, SMU plus nine, as I mentioned outright. Forget whether I had LSU minus the one or whatever, but they won outright over uh mississippi state thanks to me not listening to the haters on both of those sec picks the kansas plus 16 and a half pick narrowly lost kansas had it in the red zone i believe within the duke 10 on their last possession of the game and threw a interception in the end zone to blow that as well as uh what would have been a very nice parlay for me so um i think we learned our lesson about betting on kansas And then the Bover of the week, UMass and Coastal lost by a single score as well. Did not get the help we needed from the Minutemen, despite uh, Coastal putting up a solid 55. So three and two on the week, onwards and upwards. Uh, Let's get into it. A great slate of games this week, a couple top 10
2: matchups. Where do we want to start, fellas?
3: Yeah, I want to start with probably the most electric of the week. Actually second most electric behind UConn and Vanderbilt. I want to talk about I, yeah. Minnesota and Purdue. Oh my god. I want to take talk about Minnesota Purdue. And here's after the loss of Bowling Green, I'm taking Minnesota Money Line.
2: And here's the reason why. Purdue has not been able to put up points all season. They did against
3: Oregon State, but that doesn't really impress me much. Oregon State is a good team. Um, I don't know, I just think that, that was an, an anomalistic game. Um, I like Minnesota's defense. I think the time for for PJ Fleck, Fleck to wake up and, and utilize Tanner Morgan a little bit more, uh, his passing numbers baffle me. Um, I don't think, I mean
2: Purdue put up 13 points against Illinois last week and I think that's an indictment on on Purdue's Um, is able to get it done this week after losing to
3: Bowling Green, who's a terrible Mac team. But don't ask me why. I have a good feeling about the Gophers this week.
2: Great word, anomalistic. I, I, I love that. Thank you. I think Minnesota has been so
1: inconsistent on offense, especially since that running back went down in like the third quarter of that Ohio State game, yep. that I would not feel comfortable taking them right now. But I like the pick just because Purdue also, I mean, isn't very good. Am, right. I wrong, am I wrong? Especially on offense, might look at under forty-seven and a half at that in that game if I was thinking about playing aside. Definitely,
3: I just, I just can't understand Purdue being favored after putting up thirteen points at home against Illinois. Um, they also looked good against the Notre Dame team, who
1: might be, you know, legit top five, top eight at this point. So are they?
3: Are they top
2: five? I don't think they're top. If they That's, win this week, we'll, they we'll are. get
0: we'll get a few more answers on that
2: this week. Right, right. Um, also in the Big Ten, piggybacking off of of this,
3: how the how bad they got thrashed against well they against Notre Dame, Michigan money line, and this is purely because I like Cade McNamara to make the throws when they need to i feel like michigan did get exposed a bit against Rutgers. um put up i believe they put up a goose egg in the uh, second half um it's two teams who are going to rely on the ground game and it's going to come down to which defense can stop it and and at the end of the day which quarterback is going to make the right throws um to get the ball um past the first down marker and i i believe in cade mcnamara more um than I do Grand Mertz at this point. So even though it's at Wisconsin, I like I like Michigan to, to continue their
2: streak here. Money line. Lo- love it, you are correct. Michigan did get shut out uh, in the second half. Put up thirteen in the yeah. second
0: quarter. And that was enough to eke out a I'm, twenty to thirteen win over the Scarlet I'm, Knights.
2: I'm taking some chances here. I love what the a pick. job what a
0: job Greg Schiano has done in Piscataway.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, they did. They, I mean, they did lose. But yeah, great, great performance by Rutgers once again. Steve, I only say this because you pointed out my stinky line on uh, my Texas pick. Why is Wisconsin a point favorite with how bad they looked last week?
3: I think that's a function of what happened last week to Michigan. I think people were waiting for them to get humbled. Um, I don't think people bought into Harbaugh this year and even then you know do it i i think michigan's defense is on par with Notre dames um and, and and that you know that is enough for me to believe that they they can hold wisconsin to the points that they need to in order to win the game i i think michigan's run game is still very impressive and maybe more impressive than wisconsin's um, absolutely hundred percent anyway, agree. Just, they just, just on that line quickly,
0: the opened according to what I'm seeing as Michigan plus nine, and as you said, down all the way to between two and a half and one point
2: uh interesting. to Michigan. I still like him anyway. I, I yeah. I love it, Stevie. I'm gonna add it to my card. I was thinking
1: about it, I looked at it heavily. The, the line scared me off of it and what you mentioned about how Michigan is bound to fall off. I don't see Michigan winning 10 or 11 games this year, but I, I'm going to add it. I,
2: I think their run game is the difference, like you mentioned. Love it. Anybody have any other Big Ten? tidbits? Um... I do not have any other picks in the Big Ten. How about you, Ben?
0: Mm, Rutgers plus 16.5 against Ohio State. Calling my name, but I think we're going to stay away from that
1: (laughs) now. Indiana-Penn State is another one I looked at, thought about Indiana, but
0: I I haven't seen anything from them
1: this year. Yeah, yeah, I scared me off of them. I think but I can easily envision a scenario line, where Penn State keeps line, them in control.
0: Another line with massive movement. Started out just six and a half in favor of Penn State all the way out to nearly two touchdowns now. Minus 13 on the consensus. Uh, another interesting one, Nebraska almost up to 12 points on Northwestern at home. Uh, kind of coming off a, a good, tight game for them against Michigan State. Kind of a disappointing loss. After how well they played in that game, but another one to keep an eye out on.
2: Definitely. Nebraska, I think I would
1: lean Nebraska there. Northwestern has been really bad on offense. And uh Nebraska blew that game again last week. They had they had a lot of chances to win that
2: game, you know, straight up. They covered, but they easily could have beat Michigan State. Yeah.
3: Anybody uh, have
2: Big anything? Big next, SEC next? Um, I, I was curious if anybody saw anything in Cincinnati Notre Dame. I feel like that line good, good is... Good middle
3: of the road spot.
2: I feel like that line is begging people to take Cincinnati. I do not have a pick there. I am very torn on that
1: game. Notre Dame has burned me this year a couple times,
3: whether I was picking for them or against them. So, I don't know. I might
2: talk myself into Cincinnati here. Just because I think they get up against Notre Dame this week. It's their, their, you know,
0: it's 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 the biggest game of the year for them. It's their chance to prove that they're who they think they are. Uh, right. Plus three and a half open, by the way, just for reference, uh, down to minus two and a half for the favorite Cincinnati uh, at Notre Dame Stadium.
2: Right. The over you know, under in that game is 50 and a half. It's not like
3: Cincinnati has never gone up against a team this caliber since Ritter and, and Fickle have come around. They took it to Georgia in a bowl game last year. Although it's still away, it's it's an away game. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if
2: this team is seasoned. The experience they have um, is enough to where I don't know. That's you worry. One, I, I kind of worry about the game hmm? I kind of worry, like
1: about about their about Cincinnati's D line. Sure. Like Notre Dame. I I would venture to say we'll be able to move the ball on Saturday.
2: Sure, but I do like Desmond Ritter. I might maybe think about over there. Okay, I, I, was, I, I think was leaning. I was leaning under fifty and a half. That is that is going to be a uh, a game time pick for me. I'll tweet that out at Brown seventy five ND game morning of. And I will be waiting, you know. You should.
0: Whatever whatever Steve puts out, I'll
2: just go. I'll fade. All right. What's your overall record? I was 3-2 and two last week. That's all I know. What's your overall record? Okay, what do you got? Like I said, I, I,
0: I don't have it written down in front of me. It was 3-2 and two last week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, you were the only one that had a winning week, so. Yeah, enough. fair enough. Sorry, I don't have the same head-to-head record uh, that you two have been able to build up against each other. Stevie, uh, I- I'm not going to let you bait me again into taking <laughs> an opposite side.
1: It won't happen. It's not going to happen this week. I-, I agree. I'm agreeing with you on almost everything you're saying. I mean, right? Just two brilliant minds thinking alike. I think.
3: I think we have the opportunity to make money this week.
0: My thought, my thought there is on the under, you know, we don't know what the deal with Jack Cone is came out at the end of that game against Wisconsin, the third string, because apparently the second string quarterback from Notre Dame was banged up as well. Something about a hamstring. I think they said on the broadcast, Uh, the third string looked great. Obviously he was able to lead that Notre Dame team to 31 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but Cincinnati's defense has looked very good at times this season, especially kind of in that only other benchmark we have to build off of uh, that matchup at Indiana, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter doing it in Notre Dame stadium, you know, kind of against what's been a pretty good Notre Dame defense as well. I like the under there.
2: That is a good point because a card. lot of, a lot that of, that, all right. All right. A lot of those points. I'm the overman normally under a bunder well doesn't have the same ring i'll be reporting live from Notre Dame stadium for that one you on the sidelines for that one yeah verified media first time for the podcast let's go big time big time
3: people think don't think we're going somewhere we're verified media at their an cincinnati so you know if if you were worried Noon on Saturday has that game at three thirty on a
1: Saturday or two thirty on a
3: Saturday. Correct.
1: Right. While we're out of the uh, Power Five, I have another pick just outside of the Power Five with a team who is a lot better than a lot of Power Five teams this year, and I'm riding Fresno State minus ten and a half again. Let's go. So, um, they're playing Hawaii. Hawaii stinks. Jake Hayner, one of the best quarterbacks. In college he's a football, dog. he currently has—I saw today on Twitter—the sixth best odds to win the Heisman right now. He was um, such a dog in that UCLA game. He—he's a great player. He's completing like seventy-three percent of his passes. Like they just move the ball down the field, and you know H- Hawaii struggles on offense. Um.
2: Right, so I'm you know going to try to go three and no. I love
0: it. I love it. Add it. Add it. Thanks for taking us there, Manj, because guess what? We came off the under. Here's the Bover of the week. One and one. Lost last week, like I said, tight in UMass Coastal. We try to bounce back. This week was thinking about going to Ole Miss, Alabama. Decided that, you know, that would be a little too cheap. We're going to go late night Bover. Fresno State, Hawaii, 65 and a half same number we had last week but i love it even more this week like you said fresno state gonna move the ball at will with jay caner and hawaii you know who knows maybe they got a little bit of spark out there with uh fast-paced Todd uh, graham
1: i like that half over. i like that because i feel like that could be if that was like 70 i wouldn't bat an eye at it being that high you know
2: Like, 65 and a half is not crazy for those two teams. If if we don't mind staying on the West Coast. Let's go. I'm in the Pac-12. I have Oregon minus eight against Stanford. Although, Tanner McKee has looked better and better each week.
3: I just think Oregon's defense is enough. To, to stifle um the 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 Stanford offense. And and quite honestly, Anthony Brown hasn't an, he didn't impress last week. You know, he I, he, he had a minor peak against uh, Ohio State, fortunately enough. I think this is a game that kind of gets him back on the mark. I
2: like Oregon minus eight. Kayvon Thibodeau expected to be a full go for that game, by the way, with that uh Helps I you feel like, a little bit better. I really like Oregon's defense. That's uh, th- that's interesting. I feel like this might be,
1: you know, I'm hesitant to tail that because this is Stanford's biggest game of the year. You know, like this is the game that they probably have been looking at.
3: Sure.
1: And they have, you know, looked better ever since that horrible performance against Kansas State. Uh, early was that week one, early in the season, whenever that was. Yeah, that was week
3: one. That being said, here's the, I think Oregon has a, a very solid rushing attack and UCLA was able to put up points through that 35 to 24 last week. Now put Stanford up against an improved defense um, and, and, and as potent, if not potentially more potent offense. I think that's, that's a reasonable,
2: reasonable line there. And I think that's there for the taking. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up to double digits. I like the pick. I'm I'm, like, I'm liking your thinking this week. I don't have anything else in the Pac-12. Um,
1: I was looking just out west. I was looking at BYU, Utah State. But Utah State's quarterback situation is scaring me off of wanting to take them plus eight and a half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I don't buy into BYU. I think, you know, for an undefeated team, they're a bit fraudulent. But Utah State's quarterback situation is making me, you know, I'm I'm not going to make that a pick. But I did look at that game.
0: I, I just didn't – I looked at that game as well. I didn't like the number. Um, the one game in the Pac-12 I was really looking at but just could not find something I liked was Arizona State at UCLA started as the Bruins minus three and a half. Uh, It stayed there for the most part, up to four in some places. But this is a really interesting game. UCLA obviously kind of up and down after that Fresno State game. Uh, Arizona State's looked good, uh, lost to BYU. But this is kind of a big, you know, early season Pac-12 conference matchup.
2: Absolutely. Really fun game.
1: Yeah,
2: it'll be a great matchup. But like I said, just couldn't, just couldn't find a number.
1: I Jaden Daniels Southern, is a Southern California guy. He's from San Bernardino. Um, I'm, I'm sure – I, I, I kind of want to take Arizona State money line in that game. I think they win that game.
3: It's not like the Rose Bowl is an intimidating away atmosphere.
2: Yeah, uh, not,
1: not at all. If they could stop Charbonnet,
3: I think they have a great chance,
1: which he's been dynamite this season.
0: How about Old Dominion going all the way out west? Nine o'clock PM game at UTEP. Oof. Miners, five and a half point favorites.
2: That might be the least
1: notable game of the weekend. <laughs> I can't think of a less interesting game being played, you know, all weekend. I'm curious as to why that caught your eye. Is that isn't UTEP wearing the the Texas white or is that last week? Did anyone see that? They I were think like, I think
0: they wore that. I think they wore that last week
1: against New Mexico and pulled out the win. Oh, because they were wearing, I, man, we should have been all over that. Whatever that line was, the cream te- I think they were slight. They were slight dogs in that too. Oh my god, I'm pissed at myself for missing that. Those uniforms were insane. Anyone who's we, seen Glory Road will appreciate those
2: uniforms. Great movie. Should we head back east? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh
1: we gonna we wanna head uh down south? Down south,
0: can. uh ACC? or SEC? Where are we going first?
2: S C C either, either way,
0: SEC? why not? Just means more of course.
2: Of course,
1: okay. that's a, I didn't notice Arkansas Georgia. That's a big one.
0: It's a huge probably yeah. probably we we joked about the uh, the second biggest game of the week before. That probably is actually the second biggest game of the week again after UConn Vanderbilt.
3: What about Alabama Ole Miss?
2: Is that is this the game for Ole Miss? No, probably not. All right. Kind of
1: stunned to see Arkansas as a bigger dog. Than Ole
2: Miss, I think. He, I think. I think. I think Georgia's Georgia's
0: defense just looks more smothering than Alabama's, if that makes sense.
1: And Corral is definitely a better player than Jefferson, you know, Arkansas's yeah. quarterback. But still, Arkansas, like they, they're they're strong
2: up front. Their offensive line. I think it's one of the better them. units in the SEC. Okay. My
3: The only thing that I'd say, I think people are reminiscent of the shootout that Alabama
2: and Ole Miss got into last year. And I think people are are, are have that in mind with this spread. But I, think, I don't
1: know. I think an Alabama money line, Georgia money line, Florida money line parlay would be
2: a, a good bet this weekend. Florida, Florida traveling to Kentucky. Eight point favorites. Even though I do like Kentucky's offense a lot,
1: um, you know,
2: Levis is a good player, but
3: I I think Florida has enough on defense to slow him down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And plus, I don't, I don't think Kentucky's defense has been – I glanced on it last week. I don't think Kentucky's defense has been that impressive.
1: You guys are going to have to, like, hold me back from taking Ole Miss for plus 14 and a half at 325 on Saturday. Like, that is – that has
2: to I, be the play. Right. But it doesn't – I mean, I don't know. I don't hey, know. I want to know betting against Alabama. It's, it's zero and one. No, I'm zero and one. What?
1: Oh no, sorry, I'm one and one. Cause I I law, I took Miami week one.
2: Oh, you did take Miami. Uh, Terrible. So one and one. Yeah, it's, that's uh that's just such a beautiful number
1: though. Like you're giving me two touchdowns with Matt Corral. Matt Corral, like I think, is a better
2: player than Bryce Young. I'd agree. I'd agree. But. Is Ole Miss going to be able to – I think there's a
3: greater likelihood that Alabama's defense forces a stop than Ole Miss's defense forces a stop against Bama. Ole Miss does not have good defense.
2: Agreed. And it's Brian Denny.
3: Huh? It's Brian Denny. They're going to be juiced up. Like... Right. It's. I still. I mean, like, that line is still very, very tempting.
2: Very tempting. Don't get me wrong.
3: But there's a reason where it is where it is. But I mean, I think there's also a chance that Corral, you know, it's. I don't. Alabama's defense is good. I don't think it's as good as years past. And he has put up numbers against Alabama's defense in the past. So who knows? That's going to be. I mean, those. That that and Arkansas, Georgia are two
2: great SEC managers. Auburn, LSU, as well, was a good game. Great week in the SEC. Great week. So is anybody touching any in those games? The, own,
1: nah. the only play I have the only play I have in the SEC is uh um...
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, this kind
1: of goes against what I was saying, but the only play I have here written down in the SEC is Kentucky plus eight and a half. <laughs> um I A, I, I said I like Florida money line. So we're gonna say <laughs> Kentucky's gonna keep it close, but they're still gonna lose. And uh yeah, I think the line is – I, I have written down here, I think the line is inflated by the uh, Alabama game. And I, I kind of agree with myself there. Like, I feel like Florida – people are giving Florida a little bit too much credit.
0: I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Kentucky this
1: year. I, I think eight and a half points is a good amount of points I, in, a, in a probably a game where points aren't going to be that easy to come by, even yeah. though it's two good offenses.
0: My my thought on that game, I was thinking about that. Haven't officially added it to the card because I don't know what this podcast stance on buying points was. But I was thinking if I could buy that at a reasonable price to within you know seven, seven and a half, kind of give myself a little football number advantage there, I'd be more inclined to take Florida. Don't like the eight, but if you gave me Florida minus seven, I'd probably take that. I just think Florida is a better football team than Kentucky in. Every aspect of the game,
2: I would say, for the
1: sake of the noon on Saturday gambling competition that we
2: don't even have going, but theoretically, we do. You got to take a minus, theoretically, yeah. Which I think, I think if you're willing to
1: take a minus seven, I think you should just take a minus eight.
2: Yeah, I agree with Manch.
0: Like I said, that game was never on my card, just (laughs) thinking out loud. Um, I did, however, like kind of feel more nervous about taking them for the second week in a row, Um, but I was going to take LSU minus four uh, at home against Auburn Saturday night in Death Valley. Bo Nix still just kind of off his rhythm, hasn't really settled in. They end up losing last week, or did they manage to pull that out against Georgia State which? No, they won. Crap. Yeah, it just doesn't look to me like he's still as comfortable as he could be. They Um, actually
1: they went to they went to the backup at in the second half of that game. TJ Finley, he trained. Yeah, the dude who transferred over from LSU, and like he looked good. I saw on I think it was Pro Football Focus. He was, like, rated very highly after he came in. So that, that – just, just a little bit tidbit of information there might make you think about that, you know? He was 9 of 16 for 97 yards and a touchdown after he came in.
0: You know, I did not – I didn't even realize they'd taken Bonex out. So, um, hmm, might have to ruminate on that one.
1: Right. I don't even know if they have declared a starter for this week. or.
0: That's one of those situations, too, where you think about, you know, what kind of tape do the coaches have to prepare for? You know, they're going to spend the whole week game planning for Bo Nix and then end up facing off against a different quarterback. How's that going to affect your defense? It's just kind of an interesting thing to think about.
1: They asked Harson about it, obviously, and he said that they have not made a decision yet
2: on who's going to play on Saturday. Who knows? Maybe they'll both play. Does anybody have anything in the ACC? Yes, I do.
3: Yeah, I have one as well. I have one as well.
0: I'll start it off because I believe my game's first. I have uh, UVA plus five Thursday night football against Miami. Um, That's a stinky line. Hopefully this podcast is out um, before then. But, you know, who knows? Uh, but you, Brennan Armstrong, a couple tough weeks for for Virginia. Um, but that offense looks really good. Miami's defense looks not very good. Who knows what their offense is going to look like, how healthy D.R. King's going to be. Uh, Virginia's defense probably can't stop anybody either. Um, so maybe a chance for Miami to get the offense clicking a little bit. But I have no faith in their defense, the Hurricanes defense, being able to slow down UVA's attack. I've got UVA plus the number.
3: What I find so interesting about UVA and their
2: loss last week to Wake was how Brennan Armstrong put up 407 yards and they were only able to put up 17 points. That's just, I mean, their, their, their leading carrier had 36 yards on six
3: carries. So they're relying on Brennan Armstrong to be the sole producer of the offense, which he has shown to do, but how do you, I just, what I don't, I'm trying to, I don't have the answer for is how would you throw for 407 yards and only get in the end zone twice.
2: Well, I think
1: part of that is that they were playing from behind. Like they were down seventeen to three, like midway through the second quarter. Sure. If like, they had to throw. Like they really running the ball really wasn't much of an option. And they did make like it was twenty seven seventeen with twenty minutes left in the game. And then, you know, Wake scored the last ten
2: points of the game. You know, it was a close game. Yeah, I'm no, I'm I'm not saying I, it that that that's that line just
3: just boggles my mind a little bit, but I don't hate the play either. That's I'm not saying that
1: it just, that ma- it's it makes that's me out to me it makes me like the play because it's like, oh, a couple of things go differently. Maybe they could have beat Wake force, you know right,
0: right. I think Wake Forest is a far better team than Miami. And what has the world come to where those words are coming out of my mouth? Yeah
2: <laughs> agreed, so. I, I might take – this might be unpopular with you guys, but I'm taking Louisiana Tech plus 19. Louisiana, Why would that be unpopular? I don't know. Um, I just – I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, I
3: think Louisiana Tech has has played a lot of teams close. I'm still not sold on, on NC State as
0: – to you at 20 and a half, by the way. That's the line I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing
3: 20. All right. Well, well I already had it at
2: 19 that <laughs> <laughs>
3: But and, and, and not to say I'm not even uh betting on the letdown spot. That not that thought never really entered my mind. I just haven't seen uh enough NC State to to warrant them beating this team by 21 points. Um this, this team went toe-to-toe with Mississippi State, a team who beat them. Though so the transitive property is not a productive way to think about things, I just think Louisiana Tech is able to compete um, with a lot of teams. So, I, I, until um, I see a lot
2: more from their offense, I'm I'm gonna I, that's that's too big of a line for my taste. So I'm gonna take Louisiana Tech plus 19. No, I like it. You no Definitely hate. like it. Definitely like it. While while
1: Louisiana Tech went toe to toe with Mississippi State and SMU, right. they also went toe to toe with Southeast Louisiana, right? Which sounds like a team on NCA
3: fourteen.
2: <laughs> no, but, no, I
3: agree. It's 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 strange, but I I don't know. I just don't see that de-
2: degree of separation from NC State. I don't know.
0: Um, I have one more in the SEC just because I forgot I had this. Tennessee, plus three against Missouri. Hendon Hooker, has have been given the keys, uh, they kind of were closer than maybe that score indicated against Florida. Um, just more time for Josh Heupel to continue implementing that system. I think Hooker, as we have all seen up close and personal, is a better... Quarterback, then Joe milton um it seems to me to be the right decision to finally have him as the number one guy there uh, at least until they're ready to turn it over to uh to the other the third guy the young guy whose name I always forget Harrison Bailey or something some super Georgia name anyways uh Mizzou, good win for them last week over Boston College right um, no lost. okay, never mind that
1: yeah they lost an o t but
2: close still that favors you
0: close game against Boston college good for them,
2: um, but I've got Tennessee plus the points I don't hate it. I don't hate it yeah i don't I don't hate
1: it, but I'm also not um
3: not a huge
1: fan of Tennessee's offense I mean, they didn't look great last week against Florida, like at all. I watched a decent bit of that game, and, I mean, Florida has a good defense, but they were kind of hard to watch. But we'll see. That's a big game for uh, Hypel. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's, this is the if game for the Tennessee. Teams, I think these are the type of games that, um, that Tennessee knows they need to win this year. It's, it's on the road. Missouri is not the hardest atmosphere they're going to face in the SEC. It's a good opportunity for them to show out.
2: Tennessee
3: at one and three against the spread versus Missouri, who was zero and four
2: against the spread. Yeah, something's got to give. So something's got to give. And honestly, to to your point here, um,
3: Tennessee fans have have been saying realistic. The realistic Tennessee fans have been saying goal game um, for for his first year, and uh, this this would be one. I think this is one that. Uh, Tennessee has to get up for, and I could I could see that being a likely scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they don't win that one, they pretty much have no shot at a bowl game. Right. In in relation to that, my my uh, pick in the ACC is Boston College plus fifteen and a half. Um, I just think I'm betting against Clemson once again, like I did last week. Boston College backup quarterback. He's not going to stretch the field downfield. Uh, you know. Vertically, but they can run the ball with him, and he he can hit some intermediate passes. He's a veteran player. And even though it's one of those bounce-back spots for Clemson, they just don't have the weapons. It looks like Will Shipley's injured, uh, the freshman running back. Yeah. And two t- give me two touchdowns uh, against an offense that is going to struggle to score more than four or five touchdowns
3: all day. It Yeah, it helps. Boston College immensely that Brian Bracy is out, you know, for helps sure. them immensely to to be able to run that ball without him lingering over the uh, the middle there. Um, so I like the pick. I yeah. also like Pitt uh,
1: minus three and a half, but
2: we get. Yeah, I do I like
1: I like the over in the pick game.
0: That's kind I of. I like my. minus three and a half. It's it's hard for me to disagree on betting against Clemson when the only game they've scored more than 27 in or more than 3 touchdowns in is when they put up 49 on South Carolina State, 10 to 3 against Georgia, 14 to 8 over Georgia Tech and then 27-21 in that loss last week to uh, to NC State. So it's Absolutely. Hard, it's, hard, it's hard for me to disagree with betting a, you know, three score spread when they've scored three times twice this season
1: and, and boston college's defense is very suspect and i think that's why this is a 15 and a half point spread and obviously they don't have soldier jerkovic but that's just a lot of points for does an it, offense that has no identity
0: the the one thing the one thing that i think interests me about this game who does it help more that Uyunglele played Boston College last year when Lawrence was hurt.
1: It probably helps Clemson, I would say. He has some if experience it, against them.
3: If, it, if much at all. I mean, he yeah, also you know, played against,
2: a difference. you know, a playoff team like Notre Dame last year, and, I mean, it doesn't mean he's improved. And that might, in, in my head, that might favor Boston College. Movie. I don't know. Georgia Tech also played Clemson tough
1: in in, uh, in Death Valley. I, I don't think it's out of the question that Boston College loses by 10 to 14 points in that game. And uh, Halfley's a great coach. Like, I think Boston College nailed it with Halfley.
3: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: that'll be a fun game to watch, though, as an,
3: as an ACC.
1: You know, this being an ACC podcast – I always get a little more interested in the ACC games with Pitt being, you know, in the a conference. Member. So, yeah, you you found the word there for me, Steve, a member. <laughs> Speaking of Pitt.
2: Speaking of Pitt,
0: shall we transition a little bit here into picks to make?
2: What a big game for the Panthers.
0: What a massive game this is. They opened the ACC play this week. Coming in at 3-1 now. Some people said they should be 4-0. But alas, the past is the past. Can only look ahead to what they can do now. Heading down to Hotlanta to, as we said, open up the conference slate against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in what some thought might be a little bit of a grudge match between uh, the two head coaches. Apparently that's all water under the bridge now. And back-to-back seasons that the Panthers will play uh, down there in the 404,
2: three in a row, three, really, huh? Yes, yep. I
1: saw Narduzzi complain about that in his press conference.
0: Yeah, hope he has a timeshare in the Coca-Cola factory.
3: Uh, this is this is an interesting game because I think this is a game that uh, even even after the Western Michigan loss, you know, I think Pitt fans were confident. Uh, and Pitt's ability to put up points against Georgia Tech, but now they they went to Death Valley, like you said, held Clemson to 14, held North Carolina to 22 points, um, and they started off the season in, in a four-man front. Now have transitioned to uh, I believe at three-three-five. So throwing a, a different look out there. Um, this is this is interesting and this is this is a game that Pitt needs to, to get its season back on track. I I may have got this confused in
1: while listening to Narduzzi's press press conference, but I think the only reason why they were in a four man front is because they started the year against a triple option team. Like they, they're like they're they were expected to play a three man front this year. They just like you don't play a three man front against a triple option. Right, sure.
0: Biggest key to the game here for the Panthers is—is it, is it the defense? I mean, that's that's kind of obvious, but
3: um. I,
2: I think more specifically
3: is—is is what we saw against what led to the demise of Pitt against Western Michigan in in a different uh, facet is, is our assignments, making sure your assignments um, are covered um, because I'm assuming Sims starts at quarterback. They're gonna run, make make him run. He's an elusive runner, um, and they they have two solid uh option uh, options in running back. I know Gibbs is the one. I can't remember the second, um, but the defense, the linebackers in particular, as as well as the DBs, they they're gonna have to to they stick to their assignments. You know, they're gonna throw eye candy out there, um. So if the defense, if, if the defensive front is able to get um. The penetration, which I'm not impressed with Georgia Tech's offensive line. It, so it, it very well could happen. The linebackers respond to, to the to the, the run game well. I think Pitt
2: has a great chance at this game. Um, it'll be interesting. I definitely think Pitt will be able to take a lot of keys
1: from what Georgia Tech did last week against North Carolina. You know, North Georgia Tech was definitely trying to throw a lot of stuff. At the wall against North Carolina, and you know that was a big game for them, and it worked out. Um, but I, I, I like Pitt. I, I like Pitt minus three and a half, simply because of Pitt's offense. I think Pitt's offense is going to be
2: uh, going to be able to do a lot more than North Carolina or Clemson were able to do. I I think it'll be interesting for, for Kenny. To, to go up against this
3: three-three-five front, he saw it last year, I think, in in what NC State ran. um But it's interesting to look at Georgia Tech's version of it because their three-down linemen are not big, and their linebackers seem to be more of the athletic type. So I, the O line's going to get hit with a, diff- a bunch of different blitz packages. They got to be ready for for a, a bunch of different things. um Post nap so uh, yeah, I think they're going to try and confuse um, the offensive line as much as possible. But um, hopefully, what we saw on Saturday, I get, albeit against New Hampshire, um, maybe we see an improved run game this week. Maybe they can help Kenny out, which it's not like he needs a ton of help, but I don't know. Last year. The
2: one
0: thing that gives me a little bit of hope when it comes to the run game is they had the run game of all run games against Georgia Tech last year. Obviously, things have changed since since last year. I mean, that was the final game of the season, right? There's a few different changes in personnel on both sides. But Vincent Davis had 230 yards on the ground. I mean, think about what – I just think that Pitt's rushing attack really hasn't changed much. Since last year, besides losing Morrissey at, at center, it's you know pretty much the same personnel. Slight upgrade. A, a, a running back even with Davis growing and then adding the option of Kanda, who had a really great game, again, against New Hampshire, but still showed what he can do when you
1: actually give him touches. I really liked how Pitt's reshaped offensive line looked as well. Like you said, it's against New Hampshire. But Jake Cradle looked very comfortable kicking inside to center, which is not the easiest transition in the world. But Cradle's been taking snaps at center for years now at Pitt. You know, I think Dave Borbley and, and Coach Narduzzi are always going to be ready to have that next guy go to, go in. You know, once Drexel's unable to play, and then Gabe Hoy looked I think better at guard than he has at tackle. He's been serviceable at tackle, but I think you know with his you know his body type. His athleticism, I think he's better, better uh, suited at guard anyway. And then we have Gonzalez, who is able to step up and slide right in at right tackle, um, without you know we didn't really skip a beat there in the offensive line.
0: Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I just love actually seeing Gonzalez get some meaningful playing time here. He was so great in sub in duty last year uh, when he needed to be that. Virginia Tech game really stands out to me. So, you know, hopefully I believe that we'll probably see that same five up front against
1: Georgia Tech, and I I love him getting that chance. He's deserved it. I think that has the chance to be a really good offensive line unit. And when you throw in the fact that Gavin Bartholomew has looked great as a true freshman tight end, along with Lucas Kroll, who, you know, has really good hands. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he's a big physical guy. He'll block for you, and he catches the football. Uh, him and Kenny have a great rapport with the receiving core. You know, there's no reason, and it you know it has so far, but there's no reason why this can't be one of the best
2: offenses in the ACC as we right. get into right. conference play here. Right, and, and I He hasn't scored less than forty in any of their games. Right, I. It, it's going to
3: be interesting to see because you know those three, three, five fronts kind of came out of the big 12 and were geared at stopping some of those high powered offenses we saw, um, maybe four or five years ago. But I just don't know if, like we said, if if, if there's that extra step with the run game, I think that is an added um, little fold that, that will make it really, really hard, um, for Georgia tech to try and stop its offense as if Kenny's you know, year thus far hasn't made it hard for other teams to do it as well. Um, the the receivers look to get better and better each week. Um, for me, I love like, Jordan I, Addison. Jordan Addison is amazing. He's
2: so good. He he's lived up to the hype. National lead in touchdowns with eight. That's really good. That is really good. Twenty two yeah. is reach. But like I mean, like we've said, it's all I mean this like to come down to the Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well said. And uh, and I think Pitt is gonna be
1: able to get more pressure, you know. They obviously Georgia Tech's gonna try to run the same the some of the same, you know, RPO crap that' Western Michigan ran down our throats, so I mean Narduzzi wanted to blame it on not being able to see the adjustments from the booth. So hey, he's seen it now; it's time to make those adjustments. I don't see any scenario where we score less than thirty-five points, maybe thirty-one. You know, it, it, it's a it's a win. It's a game that should be a win,
2: right? I, I again, think I like the over. I I really think. think- if, if you're looking at at
3: if you're a Pitt fan looking at this game, what you want to see, um, is an improve. Like I think coming into this year, Pitt's defense, although they lost uh, Jones, Hamlin, Ford, and and Weaver,
2: and also Pinnock, I think look for the okay. DBs, it uh, to to improve each week. Go ahead.
0: Sorry, I was gonna say, did you see Weaver's on uh... On IR with Tennessee.
2: No. Yeah, he broke his fibula. Definitely. Definitely.
3: Man, I have the worst injury luck. It sucks. I think if if you want to take a look at this game in in particular, look at the DBs. Look at how how they they kind of keep discipline against a team that's going to show a lot, um, and especially if they're able to make Jeff Sims make contested throws. I don't think it's going to be possible for for them to move the ball. So um, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see.
1: And, you know, Steve, we talked about this a little bit before uh, hitting record on the podcast, but I'm anxious to see Pitt find that right combination on the defensive line um, where, you know, coming into the season, we expected it to be, you know, a heavy rotation, but, they need to figure out who that best four is. I think they have identified that Baldonado, uh, and Cancy are their two best linemen, but you know, I think they're still trying to figure out that other defensive end. And I like Keyshawn Camp a lot a lot, but you know, I don't think he's a guy that you can play eighty percent of snaps. Right. So they they need to they need to figure out that defensive line recipe and try to you gotta try and, you know. Reignite this pressure that they have been able to get dating back to the 2018 season. Right.
0: I mean, that, that would just be so huge in, in setting the rest of that defensive secondary up for success. I, I can't think of, can't say it enough, just how important that push from the D line is to the rest of that defensive scheme. As we saw it just get totally exposed against Western Michigan. And the other thing is, I know sort of presciently how we talked about it before that Western Michigan loss, just how important seemingly every game this season was for Pitt. This is a huge game. On the road, ACC conference opener, you've seen kind of how crap the rest of the conference is, how, you know, kind of much parity there is up and down the league, and how much of an opportunity to, you know, make people forget about that terrible loss by going out and winning the ACC Coastal.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If I mean, if they lose this one, Pat Narduzzi is going to have to start, like, contacting Howard Hanna, like, agents in Pittsburgh. Like, it's, it's going to be about time. Like, this is the biggest game of Pat Norduzzi's career at Pitt up until this point. He needs this one.
0: Could you say that that going forward this season, every game of this season is the biggest game of Pat Narduzzi's career?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If they if
2: they win this one, then Virginia Tech will then be the biggest game of his career. I agree. I Any agree. thoughts, Steve? No, I agree. I I was just looking at the sack totals from
3: last week. Not impressed. Anyways,
2: I I think after
3: that loss, um, which I think. I mean, obviously everybody expected Pitt to win. Um, And like you mentioned, Ben, the ACC as a whole is for the taking this year. Um, And Pitt has an offense that could win them games. Now it's up to the head coach who's who's flexed his defense, who's praised his defense to to find the winning recipe. Because if it's there, then this is a really, really good football team. He has the pieces. It's just, he has to pull it together. And like you said, with each, you know, Virginia Tech is a winnable game, even though it's in Blacksburg. Clemson at home is a winnable game. Miami at home is a winnable game. All these games, it is in. Now, it, it, like this is the this is the season where eight wins will not cut it in this, in
2: this present ACC. So, yeah, I agree. It's a big one. Huge. Should be fantastic at noon on Saturday. This has been noon on Saturday. Gentlemen, final thoughts before we dip out of here and look forward to college football week five.
1: I don't have anything else. I'm, I'm just ready for another weekend of chaos. This has been a great college football season. I don't see it slowing down this weekend. Yep. Very excited.
0: Well said. More chaos to come. Of course, we'll be right back here. On the noon on Saturday podcast to break it all down for Steve for Alex I've been Ben thanks for hanging out we'll chat you same time next week this has been the noon on Saturday podcast.